Hello, everybody. I'm Adult. And I'm Young. I'm 24. I'm 14. And you're listening to Young Adults. Where we are reviewing Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Yep. I stride in the room all young and hip. So, the film starts with this flashback, which really feels like it's from a different movie. It felt very, like, overdramatic. Yeah, well, it... Did you get that? I don't it know. It does. I, in fairness, I feel like that whole plotline does have kind of a weird melodramatic feel to it. Yeah, the whole movie actually kind of does. It's like a stylized, like, dramatic... Yeah, it's very... Um... You know all the all the performances and yeah. the story. Well, yeah, the the whole there's basically two plot lines in the movie, right? There's the the bad guy plot line, and then there's the Venom Eddie plot line, and that one feels like it's a parody of like a romance movie, and the the villain plot line, yeah, it feels like it's I guess also a parody of a romance movie, but like a different genre. Like it's like like, ooh, this is a twisted romance. Yeah, I dark, gothic. It's a black comedy movie. Not maybe I don't. Not not Venom, but the movie that that is. It doesn't even really feel like a comedy. It just feels like. Um, I don't. I don't know if I've actually ever seen a movie that it feels like it's parodying, but it definitely feels like it's parodying something. Like, maybe Edward Scissorhands or, um, what's that, that Sweeney, Sweeney Todd, maybe, is, is kind of the vibe I got. Like, I, I haven't actually seen either of those, but... I don't think I have either. Um, there's definitely something. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange movie. Actually, now that I think about it, so you were just looking up before we started uh, the the people who worked on this movie. And you were saying that one of the writers, I think, also worked on Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah. The, uh, Kelly Marcel, who wrote the screenplay uh, and who co-developed the story, was the person who wrote the screenplay for Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm, maybe that's what it's parodying. Stories like Fifty Shades of Grey or Twilight, where like it's like the bad boy and the... Crazy sort of girl. The, the dark... The, the, you know, the... The dark romance with the the dangerous guy. I guess, except in this one, the girl is equally as dangerous. Yeah, and, and also they're both literally serial killers, yeah. And in her case, far weirder, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it, that's true, she's the crazy one. But um, that's, that's more in the performance than the actual story. Yeah. Naomi Harris' performance in this was very, very weird. Yeah, well, and not not exactly a good weird, just kind of a weird. I've I've mentioned to you that she's doing exactly the same performance that she did in um, Pirates of the, the Pirates Caribbean, of the Caribbean yeah. movies, yeah. Uh, except that she's not putting on a Jamaican accent, or possibly she is putting on an American accent because she's apparently British. she is Jamaican uh, by birth, although she and she grew up in England. So I actually don't know what her real accent is, but. I, I feel, feel like it can't possibly be the Jamaican actions she she puts on. I think on it's in, uh, in I think she's British. Movies, yeah. Um, but she's doing that same 
thing where she's sort of trying to move like a spooky animal sort of yeah. movements. Uh, which... which is very typical or stereotypical for horror stuff. Like, we just watched a horror movie and there's elements of that in it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, I, I don't know, like... It, her character didn't seem to add much to the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is pretty harsh for someone who's basically the third or fourth most important character. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I mean, she's... She's not the main villain, but she's... The side villain. Very, She's, a, you know, one step below that. She's the the main villain's sidekick, or something like that. Yeah, I... I feel bad, almost, because I know Naomi Harris is a good actress. Or can be a good actress. She was good in the Bond films, right? Yeah, she's Money Penny in the Bond films, and she's just as good as everyone in the Bond films. And honestly, like, she was pretty good in Pirates of the Caribbean. It's just that in Pirates of the Caribbean, she was playing an insane witch. <laughs> yeah. Like, and she is playing an insane person in this. It's just maybe not the yeah, same well, type. I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean can get away with a more heightened reality than this film. Yeah, this film, to. despite being a crazy kind of movie filled with sci-fi elements and stuff, and monster stuff is still a Marvel film. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like, it's not technically a Marvel film, but I know what you it's, mean. It's yeah. in association with Marvel films, and it looks like it's and it's set in the world of the MCU because you know Tom Holland is in that film. Ah, uh, yes, but it, it's a it's a different universe. It's a multiverse. Yeah, spoiler alert, guys. Uh, they there's a there's a post credit scene where they they show the multiverse stuff happening. I feel uh, like I feel like if you know anything about this movie going in it might actually be that Tom Holland is I I I, I knew that Tom Holland was gonna show up in this, actually. I just didn't know it would be in that small of a I didn't know that. Role. Um I mean I'm I wasn't surprised. But... I think it is like something that's what most people are taking away from this film. <laughs> I'm not surprised because it's 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 a grand film, it's good, but there's nothing really special about it, I didn't yeah, feel. well, I did kind of like the whole parody of a romance movie thing. Like, it, it it's kind of this... It has its moments, but I it's like, I didn't, I didn't. It's somewhere between, there's a little bit of buddy cop in there, but it's mostly, I, I, there was more of that in, in the previous film, but... That whole kind of dynamic is, I think, pretty uh, unique to this film. Yeah, Eddie Brock and Venom are a good duo. I was going to say the chemistry between the actors, then I remember that it's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that wouldn't have really made any sense, but... They do have chemistry, though, yeah. He's chemistry with himself, Tom yeah. Hardy. And he's he seems really invested in these movies, like he's... He's doing a good job, and his performance is really good. But then, like, most of the other stuff in the film wasn't as interesting. Like, I felt like I could have watched, like, a whole film where there was just no villain. Con TV show where it's just Eddie and Venom. My wacky alien boyfriend. 
Ooh, he's a goop, but he lives up my butt. <laughs> <laughs> but he keeps wanting to eat people. <laughs> and I have to feed him chickens. I... I don't know. That's, I guess, my first reaction to the film. Is, I don't know. Yeah... Um, but okay, so we'll, we'll we'll go back to trying to go through it in sequence a bit. Yeah. Um, so it opens with uh, flashback. Yeah, flashback. So 1996 which is, or something. Uh, is that right? Yes, 1996. Um, and we're in this gothic orphanage, and there it's not an orphanage. It's a, it's a, a home for wayward youths or something. And, it's like a. Uh, it's a reform it's school. A psychiatric... It's a psychiatric... I think they say it's a reform school, which is... It's a psychiatric... It's not a psychiatric thing. It's a... Uh... Well, that's what it feels like, though. It does. It does. It feels... It, it's yeah, like it feels, a psych it feels like, for it, crazy it, kids. It feels like Arkham Asylum, and it looks like Arkham Asylum. It even it even has that thing over the gate that... I mean, that's not... That wasn't invented by, like, Batman illustrators, but... They well, always show that. That that thing over the... Where it's like an archway over the gate that's wrought iron, and it's got the name of the place. It's called St. Estes... Home for unwanted children. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> um, so is it actually s- is it actually called that? Or is, I I think I feel like that might actually be a joke that um, I'm reading it right here. Yeah, it says that on the Wikipedia page. I think that's actually a joke that uh, that Car- that uh, Cassidy. I guess we have to distinguish between Carnage and Cassidy here. Uh, in the comics, they're a lot more unified, like Venom and Eddie. Uh, no, even more unified. Actually, that, that's like uh, that's actually their whole thing in the comics. That they're they're so in tune that they've they've permanently fused. They they can't be separated, and oh, uh, okay. they're better at shape shifting because they're so deeply fused together. Yeah, I was because the, he because he's un, unlike anyone who hosts the, the Venom symbiote. He's as murderous, if not more, than the symbiote. So they're just totally in sync. That's yeah. That's not at all what happens in this movie. No. <laughs> but honestly, I'm fine with that because nobody cares about Carnage from the comics. He's a boring character, and his characterization here is more interesting. He sounds interesting. I mean, maybe they don't do him justice, but like from that, I don't know tagline you just gave me. It sounds. I mean, it's a it's a fun concept for a supervillain, but it is not a deep and interesting character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, because so... I'm I'm a I'm a crazy serial killer who's just trying to kill people. Like that's not a motivation really that you can get, get, get too much out of. Yeah. No. So We're... this guy, Cletus Cassidy, is who's one of the patients, I guess, or children. He's a patient. Okay, he's lost prisoners? in his room. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's one of are. the. I think prisoners is the, is the is the word because if it if it is a reform school then it's not like a literal prison but it's it's a prison you know you know what a reform school is right yeah I, yeah I do it's but... like a, a school where they send troubled kids to beat them into submission <laughs> <laughs> um, or at least that's how they're generally portrayed I don't have any personal experience with them but uh, this one is definitely turning it up to yeah so to cartoonish Cletus is one of the kids? I don't know. He looks like an adult in the scene. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, they're sure. both the same actors. It's the same actors. I think they're meant to be teenagers. It's not the same actors. Wait, isn't it? It's not, no. Wow, okay. Well, it's really good casting then, because they do look very similar. I thought they were, like, just de or something. I'm like, 
90% sure it's not the same. Maybe you're right. Okay, yeah, here it is on IMDb. Uh, young Cletus was in fact played by Jack Bendiera, whoever the hell that is, and Young Shriek was played by Olamide Olam Run Femi. I, I apologize for mangling <laughs> your, your name, but you don't even have an IMDb profile, so uh, you're not famous enough for me to have heard your name said by anyone else yet. Um, yeah. Apparently, Young Cletus is famous enough to have his own profile. Let's, let's see what else he's been in. Uh, yep, I've heard of I've heard of one of these, Sex Education. It's a Netflix show they keep recommending. Um, he apparently appears briefly in The Witcher. And I've heard of The King. That's a Timothy Chalamet movie. Uh, so, yeah, he's an actor. Uh, and, I mean, she is also an actress. She's just not in as many things. Um... And, yeah, as I said, I think they, they do pretty well as selling that they're the, the younger versions of those characters. Um, honestly, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm really ragging on, on her, but uh, especially the guy who plays um, young the casting young is... Cletus Cassidy. I, I don't want to have to say his name all the time. <laughs> Just call him Cletus. I, I, I guess... Cassidy. I guess I'll, I'll try to call him Cassidy, but... It's well, like it's, anno- Cletus, it's annoying so. because like I think of him as Carnage, but he's not Carnage because Especially Carnage is a different movie. character in this movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the casting was better for him than it was for her. Like, that's how I knew that there were different people, whereas you thought they were just aged. Um, in fairness, uh, in this sequence, so she's dragged off by the police for some reason apparently in this universe you can be dragged off by the police for having mutant superpowers that are too strong well i assume she's just getting transported to a different psych place i mean that's what's happening anyway a different prison (laughs) a different prison in any case like well but a reform school isn't like a criminal prison i don't think this is reform school i think you misunderstood something in that movie. Maybe. Because... Maybe it is an asylum. This is a place for crazy murderers. Regardless, she's dragged off by the police because her powers are too strong. Uh, they specifically say her mutation, which stood out to me because uh, Sony doesn't own the rights to mutants, so I don't know how that works. I mean, that, that was like a whole thing with every every character who's a mutant in the comics. They've had to dance around saying the word mutant for years. Huh. Uh, because because Fox owned the rights, and now Disney owns the rights. But Disney still didn't make this movie. So it's it's interesting. I mean, did they did they have to specifically go to Disney and be like, hey, can we use the word mutant once in this movie? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. It's so... It's weird. It, it it's, it's jarring right off the bat to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, she just has superpowers. Uh yeah, she has a rat. She has. A, she's a mutant with superpowers. There are mutants in this in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so or rather, there is a mutant. We're never going to address this again. That's interesting. I didn't know that, to be honest. Uh, I assume she's a mutant in the comics. I've never heard of the character. So, her character, who I'm gonna call Siren, but I don't know because her name is Shriek. Shriek. Okay. Shriek. Uh is dragged away by the police to go to a different prison. Um, and 
This upsets both her and Cletus Cassidy because they're in love, I guess. I guess. Um, we don't get any backstory for that until later on, yeah, which is very, very brief. Their relationship consists of him giving her what I think is a ring made of his own hair. Uh, I'm not actually sure what that is. Is that what that was? It's, he gives her some kind of ring made of some material, and I, I don't know what it is. It looks like hair to me. Uh, maybe it's cloth? Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's it's something fuzzy anyway. And so she she she, she was still wearing it uh, as an adult later. So I guess it's um, long lasting. Yeah. So while she's being dragged away, when they're in the van, she uses her powers, and what a shock! Her powers are she shrieks and oh, to be clear, her name isn't Shriek. That's her superhero name. Her name is Frances Barton or something like that. Barrison. Yeah. Um. We're going to call her Shriek because yeah, that's they, And they, they call her Shriek in the movie. Just They just start calling her that. They don't even do like the pretense that a lot of superhero movies do where they're like, oh, she has, she's, she's really shrieking. Looks directly at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she uses her shrieky powers uh, to try to escape. And this cop shoots her in the face. Yeah, and apparently he believes that he killed her because he comes back later as, like, a major character. Yeah, he's um, one of the main characters in this movie. His name is apparently Mulligan. Good old Mulligan. And, I didn't uh, pick up on that at all throughout the whole movie. I mean, I don't know when we would have. I don't. Does anyone ever call him by name? Probably, but I don't remember it. Yeah, so... Someone must have called him by name, maybe Eddie. Um, yeah, so... Young detective shoots her and... It's, like, very obviously just clipping the side of her head so that she'll have a cool scar later. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like it killed her in it's the It's not slightest. a very cool scar. She has, um, like, a weird eye now. Yeah, and uh, there's also, like, significant shots of, like, he's deafened in one ear from the, from the shriek. Um, yeah, only from, one ear, though. Yeah. The, the, the sonic... Yeah, I don't... I don't know what's up with that. She, she, she blasts the door of yeah, the, the van she open. She shoots, like, a sonic blast from her mouth that knocks the whole truck over... And also knocks the door open that's, like, to the side of her. But deafens him in one ear. Yeah, apparently his other ear is... is well, actually, he, like, blasts him right actually, in the face. It, no, okay, actually, now that I say that, it's possible that it actually is both ears. He has a hearing aid in one ear, but now that I think about it, I think that's actually pretty common for people who just wear a hearing aid in one ear. Uh, yeah, but, like, she blasts him right... But, anyway, we don't need to rag on this too much. It's just... It's just a scene where she tries to escape, and then she fails, and they lock her in a cell that's, like... It's like one of those super prison cells where it's made of plastic and it's like specially customized to stop the super villain from escaping. Yeah, very reminiscent of like Magneto's cage. Exactly that cage. Uh, Except Um, that this one, there's like soundproofing stuff. Yeah, so that was the first five minutes of the movie. Um, Extended into 20 minutes of us (laughs) complaining. Yeah. So Um, now let's get into the... Most of the movie. So th- then we actually start the movie. Uh, and what's going on is, I think this was the, actually the post-credits. Like, it's leading in directly from the post-credits scene in the last movie. Where this, Something like that, where yeah. This, this serial killer guy, Cassidy, wants to meet with, with Eddie Brock. Um, and we learn that he wants to meet with him so that he can get him to print a message in the newspaper so that Shriek will see it. Um so he does apparently this 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 scene was edited weirdly so they they don't they cut directly from 
him telling him the message and agreeing to tell him his life story or whatever to Eddie saying great and leaving. But I think we're supposed to have inferred that in that instant where they cut, that just looked like the camera changing position, we were supposed to infer that he did tell him his whole life story because he put, I, I, he's later he's like put out a whole column, I think. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure about that either. I wasn't sure if maybe he came back after he printed it. Maybe. That's what I thought might have happened. And like Eddie's column was just, so this is what this guy told me to say. So next time I'll give you his whole life story. That seems like it would be a wild thing to print in the newspaper, though. <laughs> like, it does hey, sound so like it, I'm but... following the instructions of a serial killer based on a vague promise. Anyway, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I feel like that's what happens. I don't know. Maybe I'm 100% yeah. wrong. Um, now, um, this brilliant plan to, to get a message out does absolutely nothing. <laughs> yep, it has no effect on the plot at all. It's just there to, uh, I guess, wrap up why they're in contact. No, 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 hang on a second. They're in contact because Eddie, like, was the one who got him caught, I think? I don't think they ever actually say that. They just. Yeah, I, I don't know why. They just, I don't know he what's just, going on. He, he gives out people, about Eddie People a lot. talk about Eddie being somehow responsible for him being in prison. But they never actually spell out how that happened or why or when. Um, I guess when he was a more successful reporter back in the day, he got him caught somehow. But that they never say that, as far as I can recall. Um, so, actually, this whole sequence is just superfluous. Yeah, seems like it. What, <laughs> what, what, okay. What's important is that... While they're leaving, or actually maybe this is the next scene. No, this is you're thinking of a difference. You're thinking of the next time they meet. Okay. Yeah. So that's 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 the important part then. Yeah. Next um, time they're there, Eddie is leaving, and we, well, we mix. We got mixed up there. Yeah. So we, uh, you, you can't tell this, but we just paused the recording and went back and double checked something. So something actually does happen in this scene, sort of. It still doesn't matter though. Yeah. I th I thought it mattered. I was wrong. Well, actually, no. Okay, it does slightly matter to the Venom and Eddie storyline later because they ha they argue about it a little. That's bit. true. That's true. So it's very important that's because the, that's what it contributes. It contributes one more thing for them to argue about. It's um, part of the romantic comedy element of this yeah, movie. So, so uh, there's a little bit where Venom looks into uh, Cassidy's cell. I'm pretty sure that's meant to be. Yeah. They've got him in like they've got him in like a second smaller cell next to his cell. Yeah, he's in like a cage next to his room. Yeah, I don't know what deals with that. <laughs> I guess that's how they do visitations in this place. Uh, it's a weird way to do it, though. I guess maybe he's like top priority. Yeah, uh, but, but his cell is his cell is apparently right next to the cage, and so Venom. I mean, I say Venom. Eddie looks in, but Venom seems to be possessing him when he does it. Yeah, it's um, one of those moments yeah. where. Venom has taken over Eddie's body and memorizes everything he sees in the room. Yeah, apparently because there's that's a, a lot thing of, he can do. There's a lot of carvings on the walls. Yeah, he, so he memorizes all of the drawings that are all over the walls, and then uh, as soon as they leave, he then draws them all from memory. Um, it's not... That, that's, I mean, I don't want to say it's not clear how he does that, because he talks several times about how he's an amazing memory in this movie. It's just weird to me, because like, I feel like he didn't, that wasn't a thing in the last movie. I don't remember. It's been a while since it's just, I've seen the last movie. It seems movie. to just sort of come out of nowhere that, oh yeah, and Venom has a photographic memory, apparently. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, he uses... I mean, okay, I guess. <laughs> he uses what he's seen on the wall to 
locate some buried bodies of yeah that was the, that which was kind of the object of the interview that they were hoping to get some information on or at least that was why the police allowed the interview because they were hoping to get some look some of the locations of the bodies that were buried around the place which is a, a pretty common thing with serial killers yeah um so so then uh we get the scene with the whole uh fiance is getting married thing uh there's a quick thing where uh, Eddie meets with his ex-girlfriend from the last movie who says she's getting married to her boyfriend from the last movie. Uh, and, like, Eddie's upset. And then he goes back to visit him again, this time um, at right before his execution. It's like the day of the execution. Yeah, so apparently this is why... Eddie was being allowed to go see Cassidy um, because he was like very like next the next week was going to be sentenced to death. Yeah, so they were they were they were, they talk about that that like it's really urgent for them to to get something out of him. So it's, it's the last chance. They're willing to grant him weird requests like talking to the reporter who uh, helped get him caught or something. I have um, no idea what's going on. With that. Yeah, so um, this meeting goes a little differently though. Rather than trying to trick him uh cassidy goes on this lengthy rant about all of brock's personal failings um which he knows somehow <laughs> it's it's not it's really unclear to me how he knows any of this stuff uh was maybe maybe this was set up in the first movie no i don't think so it might have been though <laughs> uh i mean i okay i i think we can infer that maybe this he's, is he why... know he's obsessed with him apparently because he helped get him caught and that's Maybe somehow he's researched him or something, or maybe he's just maybe he's just throwing out generic insults and uh, Eddie is such a failure that they all <laughs> ring, ring true. I'm actually not sure. Maybe helping catching this guy is what got Eddie his TV show, which then failed. Oh, maybe they maybe they did say that actually. I'm just it's, it, I'm it's been a while yeah. since I saw the first movie, so that might be true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but re- regardless, so he 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 tears into him and uh, Venom. Gets so defensive of of Eddie that he possesses, possesses him, him again. and attacks Cassidy. Uh, so they then uh, and and uh, in the process he gets bitten by Cassidy. Um. So this one <laughs> tiny bite of blood allows Cassidy to to join with. Carnage. Yeah, apparently, if you bite a bit off of Venom, uh, it's, I guess like it's like a reverse Spider-Man situation. If you yeah, if you it's... bite him, you gain his powers only better. Yeah, a lot Just... better actually. <laughs> and you're bigger, and you've got more symbiote in you than the one you came from. Yeah, Carnage somehow over the course of the few hours until he's executed grows. I mean, like, I think I'm, he's I'm not... using Cassidy's body. Okay, look, the conservation of mass thing with these symbiotes obviously doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, their venom is physically larger than Eddie, who he hides inside. That's like a core part of the thing. Yeah, so. I was, I was <laughs> thinking. Uh, but Carnage is much bigger. He's like growing these huge tentacles that are like he's almost he's almost like the size of a building. Sometimes, like not not in he's not like a kaiju, but he's shooting these tentacles everywhere. And yeah, there's there's one scene where he's holding up a car. 
between like a 30 or 40 foot space and fighting people off and still having a distinct body all at once. Yeah. And like he's got tentacles like everywhere. Yeah, it's interesting. That that one scene specifically stands out as like a lot. Um, now there is a line. There's this one line where uh, when Venom sees Carnage for the first time, he goes, "Oh no, he's a red one. He's definitely going to be able to kill us." Uh, so, I guess from that we can infer that red symbiotes are special in some way. Yeah. So what I wasn't Whatever, sure it doesn't about really is... matter. All that matters is he's stronger than Venom. Did it seem to you that Carnage had, like, totally fused at some points with Cassidy and was, like, using his body, but, like, in a symbiote form? That's what um, it looked like a lot of the time. Like, it was it was weird the way it was... I'm, I'm not totally sure I know what you mean. So, it's like... It's like there's a bit of symbiote, and he's, like... I know, melted Cassidy to form himself. That's what it looked like at some points. So, then Eddie goes home. Uh, but, oh, yeah, so just to be clear, uh, Carnage takes over, uh, well, he takes over Cassidy's body, but at this point it still kind of seems like Cassidy is in control. Yeah, but um, before we kills, get to he that... He kills all the guards and before he we get to that. all that, do we? Yes, before we get Does to that. happen before we get to that? Before we get to that. Before we get to that. Eddie and Venom break up. Oh, does that happen before that? Okay, yeah, so... Which is a major thing, because then we um, cut to that, and then the police officer yeah, comes. Yeah, okay, so uh, as a result of um, Venom taking control of Eddie's body to beat up a, a, a defenseless serial killer, uh, they have a huge fight. Well, it's because he ruins his chances of getting any more information. Yeah, yeah. Which sparks... A major fight. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm saying it in a sarcastic way, but it legitimately was a, a really stupid and bad thing to do. Uh, yeah. No, no stupider than stuff that Venom has been quietly doing throughout the whole movie this, thus far, like just it's... randomly appear, manifesting tentacles in public to, to adjust Eddie's hair and stuff. Uh, it's, it's I, haven't, just... I haven't mentioned any of this stuff, but it's been happening the whole time. It's just a lot more... Um, but it's, it's clear... It it's, has higher stakes, I guess. I guess, but in fairness, it's clear that this has been a long time coming. Um, I mean, right right from the start of this movie... They're arguing. Yeah, I, I feel like... There's a scene somewhere early on that we've skipped over. I'm not sure exactly where it comes, but it's like the first scene of the two of them together, and they are arguing, even then. They're arguing about eating people, I think. Yeah, I think... There's there's a scene some of some point where they're in their apartment arguing, uh, and it's clear that their relationship has already deteriorated. Because, yeah. Because Eddie has been refusing to do the superhero thing. That's and, true. Uh, superhero slash <laughs> uh, eating people thing. <laughs> eating bad guys. Yeah. So, anyway, Eddie and Venom break up. Venom leaves. Oh. Now, Eddie's I, I, body. actually, in fairness, uh, I'm I'm downplaying the scale of this fight. Uh, this devolves into like a physical fight between the two of them, which is played. Well, I, th- I think Eddie uh, literally says, "You're being abusive." Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> like, it's it's played as, like... Venom hits him, and yeah. then starts... <laughs> when Eddie starts winning the fight, Ed- Venom, like, controls his body, I think, um, and messes around with him. It just totally physically overpowers him. Yeah, well, 
yeah, it, it, he does hold his own surprisingly much for someone who's fighting an invulnerable, shape-shifting super being. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he eventually wins by using uh, Venom's weakness to sound. He activates the, the fire alarm, and that, like, blasts him out of his own... out of That blasts Venom out of Eddie's body. Uh, and, yeah. And that's, like, the... And then <laughs> Venom kind of acts as if that's, like, crossing a line, which is interesting, because... He's been hurting Eddie this whole time. I mean, that's it. It it, it is very much. This is played fairly seriously, honestly. This whole fight. Yeah, like, it's... It, it's played as like legitimately like this is a really messed up relationship, and these people are physically hurting each other. Mostly Venom hurting Eddie, and it's pretty messed up. Um, I'm confused about the timeline of one thing. Yeah, the TV. Okay, so. Does Venom not throw the TV out the window? Venom throws the TV out the window. Um, but and he gets it back? at some point, he gets a new TV. Uh, I'm not... I'm not like, yeah, the timeline here is actually really weird now that I say this, because... I don't know what's going on with the TV. He, somehow he gets another some, nice Somehow TV. he cleans up the entire apartment and buys another TV in the time it takes for there maybe, to be a new story about the breakout. I think... Maybe maybe we maybe we're wrong that it was the same day that he was Yeah, executed. I think maybe the execution happens the next day, so... Eddie has one night uh, after the fight has happened to clear everything up and to get a new TV. Yeah, that would make more sense. I, I do feel like they specifically said it was the day of his execution because he invited him to his execution. Wasn't yeah. it? Didn't he? That was maybe, he was maybe, maybe he was there and then he was invited to the execution as well. Maybe he just didn't go to the execution. Yeah. Incidentally, the, the Wikipedia plot summary claims that uh, they're... Their interview a year prior was mentioned in the previous movie, so I guess maybe that's what the end of the movie is. I I have no idea. Oh uh, well, well that wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing. Okay. Um. Regardless. Um, anyway, so then we cut to Carnage, uh, stopping the execution and killing ev everybody just everybody yeah and uh carnage for reasons which are not explained and again this is one of those things where like it's not clear but it just you can you can kind of roll with it so carnage is fully sapient and hates venom he can talk it's not again why it's not never explained at all in the slightest uh like he it refers seems, to Venom as father. Yeah, it seems like... So they talk about how, in the previous movie, Venom was kind of an out, a bit of a, an outcast from the symbiotes and stuff. Yeah. I kind of was like... So is is he, like, already... Is he, like, inherited, like, the memories and he's, like, already a like a normal symbiote somehow? Yeah. I don't know. They don't, they don't explain... Carnage is really only there to be a, a little bit of a foil to, to Cassidy. Um... Yeah, well, Cassidy and would be killed and, pretty and fast. Give, and to give him superpowers, obviously, but <laughs> as a character, he's... Carnage like, is there to drive the whole plot of the movie, even though he doesn't really make that much sense. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, it makes it makes enough sense that it, it does work, I think. Yep. Yeah. So, like, then the police guy it's comes um, to Eddie's apartment. Mulligan. Detective Mulligan comes to Eddie's apartment 
Compliments is nice TV, um, which is why I remembered it, uh, which is what was confusing us, and tells Eddie that your man has escaped, which yeah. is a big problem considering, you know, there is no longer Venom and Eddie. Yeah, so he's suddenly worried that he uh, has a serial killer after him. Uh, which okay. he's wrong, actually. First, for for a little bit, he's, yeah, he's no, safe. no. We, well, he's 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 no, he's right. The serial killer is after him. He just doesn't reach him. He's he's after him, but he's after somebody else first. Yeah. So first, he goes to rescue the girlfriend, um, Shriek, and he does pretty easily because he's unstoppable. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, there's, there's not too much drama there. Uh, and we again, we get this whole we have a bunch of this stuff of like, they're like this gothic romance, and they're like being all romantic, but then in the background, you know, murdering carnage people. is a tentacle murdering someone, or they've setting a building on fire, or whatever. Yeah. Um. Before that, Eddie actually figures out where. Oh, that's true. He's I, going. I forgot that. Yeah. We have a little moment where we see Eddie by himself, and we see Venom by himself. Eddie is trying to figure it out like Venom would, uh, air quotes. Yeah, which is, uh, he is a reporter. <laughs> but yeah, he's a, he's a journalist and apparently, who was a successful journalist and who put this guy away, apparently. Yeah, but apparently well Venom, Venom is the Venom one existed. with the actual reporting skills in the uh, relationship. Well, not the reporting skills, but like... No, the reporting skills. skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the journalist which, side... Sure, whatever. Um, uh, I, I mean, I guess... Venom is out partying. <laughs> yeah, so Venom is, is body hopping and partying. We get fun scenes of him He's not. That. He's not doing very well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's... Again, this is that's probably the most blatantly parody of all of this whole plotline, I feel like. Where he's like, he's he's walking around in public, but... Oh, he's at a costume party, so everyone's just complimenting him on his costume. And yeah. he's, you know, ranting about his relationship and how people are mean to him because he's different and everyone is sort of implied to think that he's gay and also he talks about coming out of the closet. <laughs> yeah, so I will say this um, is a really funny movie. It is, it is. It's very funny. Like, it's... It's hilarious. Yeah, we, we're maybe underselling that because we're t focusing on the plot, but, I mean, as, as with the first movie, the best parts of this are just... Uh, I mean, they're really... Mostly just uh, Tom Hardy riffing and yeah. playing off himself. As Tom Hardy is really, really good in this film. He's he does he's he does a really good job of the physical acting as well. Like yeah. whenever Venom is in control, you can tell instantly that he's being puppeted, uh, and it, it's just uh, <laughs> I mean it, it it's 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 subtle. I mean, it's not, it's not subtle. But it's not it's, subtle at all, really. <laughs> it, it's, it doesn't, like, feel like that big of a deal, when you, necessarily, but I, I do feel like if it wasn't for Tom Hardy's actually quite amazing acting in this movie, it would fall apart. Yeah. Uh, he like, really carries it. Tom Hardy is... Everybody knows Tom Hardy is, like, a genuinely good actor, and he's not usually, I feel like, a comedy guy, mm. but he does a really good job. And I feel like that's probably the main reason the first movie was successful I mean his chemistry with himself <laughs> um, you know the duo's chemistry 
mm. is so electric. Mm. And he's taken... From what I understand, he didn't write the first movie, but he's taken over a lot of the writing for this movie. Um, yeah, he developed the story. So I, I, I'm guessing... I'm guessing, I don't know, but I'm guessing that a lot of the stuff in the first movie was improvised, maybe. It, it feels kind of improvised. Yeah. And um, in this movie, he's getting to improvise even more and, you know, just generally contribute more. Have have more fun, maybe. Yeah. Um, It's interesting. You get that a little bit successful actors. Like, when they're making sequels to their franchises, they will maybe help influence the story. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Jason Momoa the Aquaman sequel also developed the story uh, I didn't know for the that, upcoming actually. Aquaman sequel oh the sequel okay um, you know, th- th- that's what I'm saying you know like well known actors will in a role that they've already been successful in mm-hmm. will sometimes get to contribute more to like story and stuff yeah I want to say two of the other main also stood out to me as very good um, Michelle Williams who's playing the fiance uh, and and uh, Woody Harrelson obviously is is a great actor. <laughs> I mean, everybody likes Woody Harrelson. Uh, which, which I mean, I say obviously, but um, I was really worried that it was going to suck uh, from the way. Like, well, the, the... there are two types of characters that Woody Harrelson plays really well consistently: comedy characters and psychopaths. And he's a little bit of a both here, yeah. Mostly the psychopath one. Um, he's mostly a psychopath, but it's 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 a dark humor movie yeah and he he's really good in this role i was especially worried like at the end of the first movie when there was that mid-credit scene yeah that's what i'm that's what i was saying that was what worried me that feels very kind of cringeworthy but when he but uh, over a, a longer time scale he gets it to feel more believable than i feel like they would on with most actors yeah i'm like there's a he does have He's got two kind of um, motivations going on in this movie, where he wants the girlfriend back, and he wants to kill Eddie. Well, he wants to ki- he, he wants to kill Eddie, but um, he didn't but his motiva- always want to kill Eddie. Well, his motivation is as far as he's got this whole complex around his abusive family, um, who he murdered. Yeah, and when he was ten or something. Sort of, <laughs> he wants people to sort of he he, wa- he wanted his story told so that. It would. Uh, he gets. He gets this great speech near the end, like uh, you know, ranting about how you, you you talked about the murders, but you didn't you didn't you didn't talk about why I committed the murders. You know, that's just bad journalism. <laughs> why, why weren't you focusing? You know, why, why weren't you exploring these parts that I was of the story that I was telling you? No, um, you didn't mention how I was abused by my mom or yeah, my you, granny. You, you mentioned that I killed my mom, and my grandmother, but you didn't mention that they abused me. Which, in fairness, we didn't know either until that moment. Yeah, well, that's why it was Tom Hardy's bad journalism. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe he just never asked, and Cassidy never bothered to tell him. But he feels aggrieved that he wasn't asked. Like it's it's not it's well, not a reasonable motivation. He's a serial killer, but he does fair, make it feel very believable. It feels like it's Venom's fault. Actually, it's Venom's bad journalism because he memorized that whole room, and if he hadn't done that and figured out where the bodies were. Then, and if he hadn't messed up that second interview, if Venom hadn't messed up all the interviews, he would have got to tell his life story. I feel like him. But he didn't get to tell memorizing his life story. the pictures doesn't mess up the interview. He didn't get to tell his life story though because of that. Maybe I, as I said, see, I, no, I, I, I seemed like he did tell his life story. We just didn't see it. Maybe he didn't actually. He didn't. He 
There is one scene where he sends Eddie a postcard, and that gives more of a story than anything else. Mm. But, actually, that gives pretty much the closest thing to his life story that we'll get at all in this movie. In the first interview we see, he promises to tell him his life story, but then Venom... Okay, yeah, maybe I misunderstood that scene. Maybe, actually, what happened is Eddie literally just printed that crazy rhyme that... um, Cassidy wanted to pass on to his girlfriend. And that was apparently enough to carry a column and boost his career. It seemed like people were like... Well, no, what boosted his career was when he figured out where the bodies were. Right, okay. That's what was boosting his career. I, I feel like... Maybe I'm, misremember, maybe I'm misremembering the order of some scenes. Because I, I felt like there was scenes where his career was a bit boosted even before that moment, but maybe I'm wrong. No, um, especially considering that moment is they, 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 simultaneous. It does, it does come very close. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, so, and then in the second interview, which is, this is really where it's messed up. Cassidy is already angry with them because they weren't supposed to figure out where the bodies were yet. Maybe? He doesn't say that. He's, he's raging at them. But he's, he's, he's ra- no, no, he insults completely everything about Eddie Brock because of this. Mm, but he, he keeps talking about how, like, how does it feel that you've condemned me to death here? And, like, he, he, he never complains about them having found the bodies he just talks about although but maybe maybe he was only sentenced to death then i i, I seem like he'd already been sentenced to death but regardless <laughs> he raged he was raging at eddie because there's of a this. lot of and stuff then in this venom, movie that's kind of unclear <laughs> and then venom messes it all up and he doesn't get his life story told in maybe. the end maybe um re- regardless it doesn't really matter like whose fault it is um Point being, it's it's Venom's fault. Um, yeah, so it's interesting that you bring up Michelle Williams' performance being standout. I really, I felt like this movie didn't need her or her boyfriend in it at all, except for the fact that they were in the last movie. So yeah, but she's well, she has a whole thing where she has where uh, where, I mean we're, she we're, has we're, like we've gone completely role. out of order again. But yeah, her her thing is that well she. Can, no, she has two roles. She her one role is that she's just a damsel in distress, but also she convinces Ben to come back to Eddie. That's her. That's her main thing, mm. um, which is a pretty big thing. I mean, that's that's really the main, that's like most of her screen time. Uh, but I, I thought I thought that was fun. Um, I mean, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't do that much in the movie. Sue. So, um, I mean, that's what happens next, pretty much, actually. Um, I, we, yeah, Eddie the, is the only the only thing we've skipped over is that Eddie is Eddie is briefly in, arrested. Yeah, by Mulligan because of his connection to everything. Yeah, so he 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 his his reasons for arresting him, which I feel like are not really enough to arrest somebody, but maybe they are. I don't know. Um, they maybe are if you're somebody who's com- already being watched by the FBI. Yeah, well, there it's a mixture of the fact that in the last movie. He killed a bunch of people, uh, and it was barely covered up. And uh, also, the bad guy killed a bunch of people near him, and that was barely covered up. And, and also, then, this detective guy just doesn't like him. Uh, there's that, and there's the fact that he legitimately was involved in the way that Carnage escaped, albeit not in any way that the detective could like understand. But you know, he did then go interact with him, and then the guy immediately escaped. Um, and the fact that he's a good journalist and figured some stuff out. 
Yeah. Which is, I again, I guess, I guess it makes sense that that's suspicious that like he's got this good information on a guy that he's interacting with, and then the guy escapes. Um, and also, it seems like maybe you've been murdering people. <laughs> I can kind of sort of see the through line there. Am I right in saying that what it seemed like to me was that Detective Mulligan was asking Eddie to bring his evidence to him first, but Eddie went straight to the FBI. And there was a, there was one scene where Mulligan seemed angry at Eddie. Oh yes, that's for going true. over his head. We we skipped over that. Yeah. Oh, we also skipped over the fact that Mulligan reveals that he was the detective who uh, shot Year One, uh, which is just sort of weird, random. It's one of these like movie coincidences where like, oh yeah, and this character is also related to the plot for no reason. Yeah, I guess it's, he's one of the main characters throughout the movie for very little reasons. And then they can drag him into the finale. Yeah, he's really... He doesn't He doesn't do anything. Oh, actually, wait. I know why he's there. He's there because he gets a post credit scene where he comes back from the dead and gains superpowers. So I guess he must be a comics character that I've never heard of. Comes back from the dead? Yeah, remember, he's... He, um, superpowers. Shriek, Shriek kills him, and then there's a post... And then in the, in the post credit scene, he, like... Or, like, right, right at the end, he, like, wakes up and his eyes glow blue. I remember getting up. I figured that's and just he, because and he go, he says something about monsters, which was also something that one of the crazy people in the asylum was yelling about. Um, oh, so there's something going on there. I <laughs> had forgotten that, that his I eyes don't... were glowing at all. Actually, um, I remember he got up. I kind of thought that was just because Shriek failed to kill him. Yeah, I forgot about that until this moment because it's such a out of nowhere. Oh, okay. Apparently, um, in the comics. That is the name of Toxin, who's another symbiote. Oh. So, I guess he must be infected with some symbiote stuff as well during that fight, somehow. I have no idea how. Um, yeah, in the, in the comics, he's, um, to, there's Toxin, uh, offspring of Carnage, the third major symbiote that they introduced, and, uh, his first host was the NYPD police officer Patrick Mulligan. Um, okay. I don't know what, where he got... So I, I guess I guess the whole thing about the monsters wasn't connected? No, I didn't remember that. Yeah, there was there was a guy, there was like one no, guy. I, 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 no, I remember that one guy in the asylum <laughs> he's the only who was other correctly guy, he's shouting the only about other monsters. Guy, he's the only other guy in the asylum we see. That's the, <laughs> And he's, and they they, call, they give him a name as well, he's called Siegfried, I think. Um, he's correctly shouting about monsters. Yeah. Um... He's, and yeah, yeah, he's, he's, Mulligan thinks he's crazy, but he's not because, well, Carnage. Is yeah, a monster. I guess maybe that's why he's he's just repeating the line that he heard earlier about the fact that there was monsters. Yeah, and now he's seen the monsters. I guess. I guess. Yeah. For some reason, uh, throughout this movie, Mulligan believes the obvious explanation for a for a serial killer carnage. somehow destroying like entire buildings with his bare hands is that he's drugging them somehow. And making them see things. And he also believes that Eddie knows all of this. Yeah. Um, because he's honestly one of the craziest characters. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it. He, it's like, this feels like something that maybe it was a holdover from a previous draft. Because not only do other super characters exist in the form of Shriek, but he has personally interacted with them. So like, form of shriek. it's not, this isn't, this isn't, in the first movie, it doesn't feel like this is normal. You know, there's, there's an, there's a, there's a, there's a mission to space, they come back with aliens, and now there's some aliens, but 
But in this um, movie, yeah. But in this movie, we have a mutant with superpowers, and there's a whole prison. A prison that, in fairness, he doesn't prison, know about. A prison slash asylum. Um, I think they call it Ravencroft, which I think is a thing. Yeah, a prison that he doesn't seem to know about, in fairness. Yeah, he doesn't know about them. He, he thinks that she's dead. But um, but still, still it, it's it's made... But he did... He was there when she used she used her powers on him. Like, he knows superpowers exist, so it's... It's weird that he doesn't believe it's, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a weird little thing that, I, as I said, I, I think that might be... I, I Actually, now that I think about it, maybe Shriek... But Shriek can't have been a late addition, though, because she's such a major part of the... She's, she's Cassidy's whole motivation. Actually, in fact, Shriek has... That scene where he's uh, attacked by Shriek happens 20 years before the first movie. Sure. So... Even in the first movie, there's evidence of... I can't remember if he was in the first movie at all, to be honest. Um, you know, maybe she is a late addition, because she doesn't actually interact with any other characters, really, right? Except for, you know, all the characters in the movie. Well, not a lot, though. I guess there aren't that many characters in the movie, yeah, but... It's really only, like, six people, and like, she's, I feel like she's there in front of every single one. Well, she's rescued by Carnage, and then she spends her time hanging out with him. And then she's there for the final battle, but she spends most of it off fighting the detective in, like, the corner. <laughs> um, and then she there's, like, a couple of beats where she interacts. I feel like... I might be wrong about this, but I think she only ever talks with the detective and the CGI characters. I don't think she ever talks to Eddie or the girlfriend or the boy or the fiance of the girlfriend who are all there for the final battle. Apart from your man, Cassidy. Yeah, she talks with Cassidy. But nobody else apart from the detective? I think so. Um so maybe may, I might be wrong about this, but I, I remember there's there's a lot of shots of like Carnage yelling at her. And then there's, there's a bit at the end where, like... And there's, there's a few bits where, like, she blasts Venom or Venom no. hits her. But... No. Because she's the one who finds out and then kidnaps Oh, Michelle you're Williams. right. She does, doesn't she? Yeah. Remember, she's, she goes into Eddie's oh, apartment and yeah, finds out about okay, him. Oh, yeah, okay, you're right. So you're right. She interacts with literally every character. Except Tom Hardy. Except maybe Tom Hardy. And even then, I'm not 100% sure. So... But she, I, I, I guess, I guess it could still be like a, an earlier draft of the script didn't have her, maybe. But yeah, well, um, she feels like she wasn't necessary at yeah, all. Yeah, she. There, Even though her a, character it does vaguely drives the whole plot, I don't know. It's it's a weird feeling. It, yeah, there's there, as I said, there's a very clear split in the movie between the two plot lines, and they yeah. they occasionally intersect, but only very very briefly in in sort of glancing ways. That and then they kind of come together for the end. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, everyone gets kidnapped, uh, Venom and Eddie reunite through Eddie's fiance. Oh, 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 yeah, that's the other way around. Uh, she, she goes to, yes, to find, she goes to find Venom, she does, she convinces him to come back by flirting with him mainly. Then she, then the fiance, the detective, and the detective get kidnapped, uh, then Venom, mm. uh, also, oh, I, I want to bring up the whole... So the whole bit where she's flirting with Venom, um, it feels like another example of this movie is kind of taking the things that in the first movie were maybe like a little bit subtextually like 
weird it, romance love triangle stuff, but weren't textually that and makes it textual. You know, yeah. like it goes from oh, there's like in, in the in the first movie there's a, there's a scene where Venom possesses her for a bit, and then like he's Lady goes, Venom. Yeah, and then he goes back into into Tom Hardy by kissing him as her, but it's not. But it's kind of played more as like he's just doing it like as a favor or something like. <laughs> Whereas in this movie, and he like he talks about like oh I like her I'm glad that you're with her but in this movie it really seems like he's into her and he wants them to be together as a trio in some sort of messed up way strange uh, interspecies relationship Thing. where they're one of them is possessing one of them <laughs> like it's weird. Um, um, it is, but like it's, again, it's not, like it's not so explicit that it's like explicit, but it's a lot more explicit than it was. And like in the first movie, it was like you could kind of see it if you squinted, and a lot of fans did. But like here, you don't have to squint at all. Yeah, Keep in your this, eyes. in this, it's it's just the plot of the movie, and like how much you want to interpret that as a metaphor or literal is up to you, but it is still the plot of the movie. Yeah. Um, and, and again, there, there is a little or bit half of... Half the plot, I guess. There is still a little bit of wiggle room here for it to be like, oh, she's not li- really flirting with him, she's just flattering him into coming with her. But it's really, really, really... Even if she's not flirting, flirting, it's still convincing. I mean, it's him. really, really played as her flirting with him, though. Like, it's like a, her boyfriend is like in the background going, hey, I'm here, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's a fun scene. It's a really fun scene because Venom is possessing uh, an old Asian lady who's been around as a minor character. Uh, she's slightly more than the minor character. I mean, she's in like two scenes, including that one. No, no first. <laughs> I, I feel like she's actually more in the first movie than she is in this one. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the character's name, but she runs the shop. I feel like the actress is called Peggy it's, Lou. It's like Mrs. Cho or something. Uh, yeah, I think the actress is the actress is called Peggy Lou. I think. Uh, yeah, you're right. None uh, of Mrs. that is Chen. important. Chen. None of that is really important, to be fair, but uh, still kind of important, I oh, guess. Oh, uh, speaking of cast and what roles they play, uh, Siegfried is played by Scroobius Pip. Good old Scroobius Pip. Scroobius Pip. In in fairness, that's a made-up name. He's an actor. His real name is Daniel. Is uh, David Peter Reed, so... He just decided to name himself Scroobius Pip. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's not just an actor. Yes, uh, Scroobius Pip was his rap name. <laughs> Scroobius Pip in the house, yo. Yeah. Um. um moving on <laughs> from Scroobius Pip. I feel like maybe maybe it's racist to me to say this, but I, I want to clarify that he is white. He's 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 a white guy who's calling himself Scroobius Pip, the rapper. Just, just to be clear, <laughs> like it sounds like a ridiculous English name, and he is a ridiculous English person. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, then the final battle happens. Uh, yeah, they, 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 It's a big CGI the fight. Te- the detective gets kid. Sorry, uh, yeah, we didn't explicitly say this, but the detective gets kidnapped by Carnage. The girlfriend gets kidnapped by the other girlfriend. And <laughs> I, 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 maybe it's sexist to me to just constantly call them the girlfriend, but like, I actually I don't, don't like... remember Michelle Williams' character. I just think of her as the fiance. 
yeah, and I her, don't remember her, her boyfriend's name. I know name her either. Na- I know her name is Anne, but I feel like I had forgotten Anne. that okay. before I was rereading the Wikipedia page. Yeah, so I would preparation for this. refer to her as the fiance and then her boyfriend as her boyfriend. And I'm sure they all have names. They do. I, I think the boyfriend's name is David, maybe. Um could be Trevor. I'm pretty sure it's not Trevor, but <laughs> a pretty minor character. He gets high billing, like in the movie for some reason. He's really not in it that much. Yeah. Uh, it's, Dan. His name is Dan. Okay, I was close. I was close. It has a D in it. I feel like Trevor's pretty close. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, the final battle is pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's actually it's pretty fun. Um, I mean, I don't really know how to summarize it beyond the fact that it's the final battle. Like, There's a lot of CGI. Um, there's people as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it... They use it's, it's Shriek good. and they find a way to kill everybody, I guess. Yeah, um... Let's see. What, what are the... I liked... Dan comes in. Yeah, Dan gets a little moment where he, he pours running petrol on Carnage. And that's a weakness of the symbiote, so it's like, uh-huh. and then well done, he, Dan. And then he like immediately gets knocked out, I think. Um, yeah, something like that. Um, there's a cool bit where they're in a church because it's like a wedding of the two. It's a dark wedding. Yeah, uh, and there's this cool bit where the wedding bell starts ringing for reasons that aren't really clear to me. Um, is there someone ringing the wedding bell? <laughs> I don't think there is. Is there some like <laughs> maybe the priest? Maybe the priest is doing it, but I don't think they show that. I thought the priest was knocked out or something. Um. <laughs> okay, so either it's the priest or some guy who doesn't realize that there's a giant fight going on inside yeah, comes right. in to ring the bell like he always does. Um, um, yeah, and that messes with the symbiotes. Um, maybe, maybe the makers of this movie think that church bells just ring automatically at a certain time. I feel like Andy Circus is smarter than this. Um, regardless, regardless, it is a really, it is a really cool thing because it uh, because the symbiotes are vulnerable to noises and church bells are loud. I, now that I say this out loud, that doesn't actually make sense. Church bells aren't so loud that they'd be like incredibly loud just in the church below. I mean, like no, you could, if you're like, in a church and well, a I church guess, bell rings, I it just sounds like a bell. It doesn't sound. It's pretty loud. I mean. Church bells are designed so you can hear them across the entire city. Yeah, but like... You've... And this is more than the church, by the way, sir. This is a cathedral. Yeah, but you've been in cathedrals while their church bells are ringing, I feel like. Or you've been at least in churches while the church bells it's, are ringing. It's pretty loud. I mean, and it's when not you're that hyper, loud. It's, it's fairly loud when you're there and when you're a hypersensitive Because like, there's, there's like roof and stuff in the way. It's not... There, well, well, there's not a roof in this case. It's like a... You can see the church... You can see the bell when you're Now that you up. say it, yeah... They have that. That's there's construction like the, going on. Maybe that. Maybe that's the explanation. That no, no. That's it's like that in some cathedrals. Okay, I guess I've seen that in other movies. <laughs> uh, regardless, it does make for a really cool fight scene because the whenever the bell rings, it temporarily incapacitates the symbiotes and they have to fight as humans, and then their symbiotes come back out. So that that's a fun dynamic. Um, I there's a a whole thing going on throughout the fight, which has been building up throughout the whole uh, Dark Romance storyline where Carnage is vulnerable to Shriek's powers and is not, is, is not in love with her. So, <laughs> yeah, he's growing increasingly dissatisfied with her presence. Um, and uh, during this fight, he, like, 
threatens her and ultimately tries to kill her. Uh, and so there's this... The uh, I, I liked that the resolution to this... Like, it, it's kind of played as if... What's going to happen is that she's going to turn on Carnage and, and blast him. And that's how he'll be defeated. But it's the other way around, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's Venom... Said, instead, Venom, pick, like, throws her at the church bell. <laughs> yeah, Venom takes down the church bell and her. And the church bell ringing... Is, uh, and then she like screams as she as she's falling. Uh, it's it's good, uh, but yeah, it's, it's in the fun. end. Well, her her scream doesn't do anything, I think, because she she's like underneath the church bell at that point, and she just gets trapped inside the church bell. She gets killed. Well, oh yeah, I mean she dies. A church bell lands around her body <laughs> would be perhaps a more accurate. Maybe the bell inside kills her. I don't know. Uh, I mean, she hits the ground after falling from a tower, so presumably that killed her. But um, my point is that, like, when she's doing her sonic blast upwards, she's doing it into the bell, and the bell doesn't even break. So I don't think it actually hit anyone. (laughs) I might be wrong about that. But it's still making a noise. Um, But regardless, the the whole... The the loud noise and and the sonic blast and the the collapsing tower is enough to... Yeah, the symbiotes detach from their hosts. Uh, Venom latches on to Dan and Anne. Oh, yeah, there's a weird moment where, like, he falls down faster than Eddie, moves through Dan and Anne, and then leaps out and gets underneath Eddie and absorbs him and catches him. Yeah, Um, whereas... Whereas Carnage just sort of falls to the ground and then isn't able to crawl fast enough to get back into Cassidy. I think uh, the movie kind of plays this as if it's like, oh... Venom and Eddie are so much more in sync than Cassidy and Carnage, so that's why they win. Even though, even though they're, as, as the movie keeps reminding us, way weaker. Yeah, um, they are. Um, so basically, oh, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mention as well. So there, there is one weird bit with the fight scene, which is that both of the characters are invulnerable. Uh, who are fighting? <laughs> like they can both heal from any injury instantly, and they have no ability to injure each other. So. At, at some point, Venom's health bar invisibly has ticked down enough that suddenly he's, like, just barely able to move. And each time he gets stabbed, he goes, like, oh, where before it was fine. Um, I'm not going to say that that's not how symbiotes work, because maybe it is. <laughs> I, I <laughs> It's perfectly fine. It's just, a, it's just kind of an odd I thing. don't remember what you're talking about at all. Um, I'm talking about, like, right... Right, right when they're when they're like right at the top of the tower, and it's like, oh, this is the final climax of the battle. He's like, it's like Venom is like almost like he's dying. He's like, re- he's like really weak, and Carnage has him like speared through with his tentacles, and he's just pulling them out and just stabbing them into him again and again. And it's played like Venom is like dying from this, or like severely injured by it, which is weird because Venom can heal from any injury instantly, yeah. and has been doing so throughout the fight, and so can Carnage. <laughs> Yeah, that's a weird thing. Um, so also, at some point before she's killed, Shriek kills that detective guy. Oh, yeah. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I guess that's important because he's apparently going to be a villain or something. I guess. In the future, maybe. Or an anti-hero, or who knows. He seemed like a jerk, so he's probably going to be a villain. <laughs> um... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, mean, I can't remember who eats first, but Venom eats 
carnage. Venom eats Venom eats the, the carnage symbiote off the floor, and then uh, he goes and then he goes over, and they get a whole little bit where like Eddie is like saying, "Oh man, it, it's a shame that it turned out this way and stuff," and then uh, Venom goes, ah, "Screw you!" and kills him <laughs> in a much funnier way. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a comedian here. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it's 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 a really it's a really funny moment. language is used that is not appropriate to air. <laughs> yeah, we, um, we don't want to get like a mature rating on any of these uh, platforms. Yeah, but um, but um, it's a it was one of the more notably funny moments in the movie. Yeah, uh, and then they go off on a honeymoon. Yeah, the the film ends with them uh, on the beach. With, so Tom Hardy's sitting there, but his feet are Venom feet, because earlier in the movie, Venom had said that Eddie never let him feel the sand between his toes or the breeze through his hair, yeah. um, and though he doesn't have hair, Eddie does let him have the sand between his mm. toes. And his... Uh, Venom, like, says that he loves him and. They get they had that whole little moment where it's like, haha, you said you love me. <laughs> and like again, it's not it's played so that you can go like it's a platonic love. It's not like he 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 gives like a passionate confession of his love. But we all know <laughs> um there's gonna be a lot of people but yeah, it, continuing it, to ship them. It is um I think this is what people online and possibly Elsewhere, <laughs> uh, I've I've heard the term from online. We call queer baiting, in that it is very clearly, deliberately walking the line where it can attract fans who are into the weird alien gay romance, without actually coming out and saying it's a weird alien gay romance, um, and that is considered bad by many people. And I don't know why. It's quite funny. Uh, yeah, the fact that it's funny maybe <laughs> makes up for it though <laughs> like it's I don't not really mind i mean yeah i to be I, I don't really have that much experience with this whole topic it's funny like a lot of times when people complain about queer baiting online what they're actually complaining about is that they ship two male characters together and are annoyed that they're not getting together in the show or uh, whatever fandom it is despite the fact that they are the ones doing this like <laughs> you know like they've constructed this thing in their head and this isn't limited to uh to to gay things either the uh sh happens. shipping wars are famously intense and bizarre shipping gets crazy especially teenagers are insane yeah. about it um like you know like you can bring up loads of crazy things from harry potter like yeah, well, the, the Harry Potter shipping wars got very intense. Um, People liked, there were like, there was Drarry, Draco and Harry. There was Tremaine, I think it was called. Yeah, well, Draco I think, I think the, the, the big war, like, I don't think anyone ever, tr I mean, okay. I'm sure some people truly believed that Harry and Draco were going to get together, but uh, they were rare enough that I've never heard of them. I was uh, not around when the books were actually coming out, but even, even like 15 years later, yeah, I mean, I I was around, but I, this isn't really something that I encountered. This is more something I've heard about secondhand. Yeah, yeah, like even fifteen um, years later, the the Harry, the Harry and Ginny shippers and the Harry and Hermione shippers were truly, truly at war. Uh, like to the point where, like, 
if you wanted to post your Harry Potter fanfiction on a Harry Potter fanfiction website, you had to find one that was on your side of the war, because otherwise they would not allow you. Like, that was a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, well... All of, which, all of which goes to show that, like... like but the point is that they, they, they objected to it because they truly... And they truly believed that they were going to be correct. And this was going to be what happened. Like, it wasn't like this was something that they preferred. This was something that they thought was going to happen, and they thought that the other anyone who disagreed with them was like crazy or evil or whatever. Um, which I bring up only because you know people have people have believed just as fervently that um, Sherlock was would be a big example was going to end with Sherlock and Watson getting together. Um, and Actually, the main evidence for this was that there's a bunch of jokes in the show about how they're not together. Actually, even in Sherlock, there was, like, an in-world chipping where, um, I'm gonna try to do this without spoilers, although... There, well, I think, I think we could say it pretty simply. There's, there's, okay, a, wait, there's wait, an wait. episode where we see, um, a, a Sherlock Holmes fan club, and one of the members, uh, tells a, a, qu- a quick story in which... No, actually, that's not that's not true. That In, in, in that... Are, are, okay, are we, are we so talking about something else? Because quickly, quickly, there, there is there is a there is a scene with with a crazy shipper in the show, but it actually she's shipping um, Sherlock with Moriarty. Yeah, that's the same thing. Um, I was going to talk about. Mm. I could talk about it more, but I'd have to spoil. So uh, apologies, the show. So apologies if any if, apologies if any of our listeners were believers in the John Locke conspiracy. But um, I'm sorry, it was as as you know now know, it was not real. Um, but. In this case, it is real. Uh, <laughs> like, it's pretty clear that the writers are... I, th- I think it's pretty clear that what happened is that the writers are responding to the fan response to the first movie. Uh, playing it's a it response up. to a response of yeah. a response. Um, I think. Now, I mean, it's possible that they genuinely, even in the first movie, were trying to put the subtext in, and they're just yeah. toning it, turning it up now that uh, Tom Hardy's more in charge. I don't know. Um, but Which... regardless, I think this is very much a genuine example of... Uh, queer baiting, but yeah, it works for me as as a, as a funny thing. I mean, I would it work better if they just came out and said, yeah, like they're basically a couple in some sense. Um, I don't think so. To be honest, I don't I feel think like I care. I feel like it's funnier this way. If it, I wouldn't care. You know, if it stayed as funny as it is, I wouldn't care. Yeah, like it's about the quality of the humor. That's true. I, I'm not that's as. True. It's not the type of movie where I'm deeply invested in the characters. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's I true. Just, they they would they could as easily be doing this jokes about other other aspects. So yeah, like if if for a third movie they wanted to have them be a couple, if the comedy was just as good, I don't. I mean, I don't see yeah. how. Oh, it would affect I'm pretty anything. sure they won't. If only because uh, I think they would have a very hard time releasing it in China if they actually came out and said that the main characters are gay. Um, <laughs> that's a pretty big uh, financial incentive. So, am yeah. I right in saying that James Bond No Time to Die was not released in China or something? You might well be. A lot of films aren't released in China. They're very uh, picky. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But just but just knowing that you'll lose out on that chance. What's a good thing is that uh, movies are still managing to do really well. Oh, I just realized something. So I was going to say. Having said that, I've heard that Eternals has a gay main character. And then I realized, oh yeah, because it's directed by uh, Oscar-winning director, whose name I forget, who is Chinese, uh, and, like, is 
known to oppose the you know she she's all her conflict with the Chinese government is already in place because yeah. she's a Chinese expat or possibly descendant of Chinese expats I'm actually not sure so um, when they when they when they decided to go for this big name director they already they were already pricing in the fact that they couldn't release in China so that's almost certainly why it's the first Marvel movie to have a gay main character uh, it's funny to think that it's the first Marvel movie to have a yeah, it's it's the, mean, it's the second Marvel movie to have a gay character. I'm pretty sure, because there was like there was like one there was like one moment in Endgame where a guy mentions having a husband. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, um, this the if you, it, it was the media likes to make a big deal of these things. Captain, I don't. Captain America goes to a support group and there's like this in moment. Oh, yeah, it's it's literally a maybe, moment. I <laughs> you blink blink and you'll miss it, and it's purely in dialogue. So you know. Um, yeah. Well, like it could be edited out. With the these. media loves talking about this type of thing. Like, I don't seem to notice it ever. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, like, look the the fact that every Disney movie has their first gay character in it is uh, kind of a meme at this point. Yeah, like I don't know why it's a big deal. I mean, not the first gay character, but like <laughs> why it would be a problem. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, as I said, it's it's. Uh, I mean, do, do you mean it's a problem for China, or... Because it's, it's a problem for China because they're super homophobic, like... They literally, I don't know if you heard this, they, they recently passed a law, like, specifically banning effeminate men in their media because they're bad role models. Effeminate as in not big, strong guys, or whatever? As, yeah, as in too womanly, in some undefined way that allows them to censor anything that they want. <laughs> Uh, Does that mean Dune's not getting released there? <laughs> I don't know. I I actually don't know if Dune's getting released in in China. Uh, no offense, Timothy Chalamet. He's a great actor, obviously, but he's not exactly your typical is, hero. Well, I I he's not he's not your typical. He's not like a huge overmuscled guy, but he's not effeminate. I think in the way that they mean. But um, well, his breakout role was playing a gay guy. Sure, but he's not playing a gay guy in in Dune though. Well, I don't know. He might be. I haven't read book. I I don't know anything about Dune. That's true. I how actually haven't read Dune either. I don't know. Maybe how could you spoil gay. this for me? <laughs> I I get the vibe that he's well. I feel isn't he dating Zendaya or something? I got that vibe from the trailers. Yeah, that's what it looked like in the trailers. Um, yeah. Stay tuned for our Dune review. <laughs> <laughs> it will be coming eventually. Probably yeah. actually. I mean. Oh, I'm sure we will do a June review. Uh, we, in fact, I know you're planning to to read the book at that, yeah. so we'll be able to we will be able to do the the comparison. I meant to start that, but um, I lost the book briefly. <laughs> um, yeah, so we should probably go back to talking about the movie. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about more uh, final thoughts because uh, we've wrapped up the plot pretty much. Oh no, we haven't. We did not do the. Credit scene. Oh yes, the post the the other post credit. The post credit scene. The, I'm, I'm not the actually, real one. I'm not actually sure if the moment where he wakes up is literally a post credit scene or if it's like the final shot of the movie. Technically, one of those. It's it's the final shot of the movie, and then there's a post credit scene, which is I feel like the most talked about part of this movie. Um, Maybe it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, look, it's so they're on it's their honeymoon. Really, it's not really a big deal. The post credit scene of this movie is uh, Venom starts talking about how he knows about the multiverse, and then. Um, Boom! They're suddenly, in. they're sucked into the movie Spider-Man: No Way Home, coming soon to theaters. And Venom looks at the TV screen and goes, "Oh, I know that guy. He's Spider-Man." 
Yeah, well, it's a big deal because it means Venom and Spider-Man, like Tom Holland Spider-Man and Tom Hardy Venom, can now be in the same movie. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be in, in the same movie, and then at the end of that movie, Venom will be sent back to his own universe, probably. Yes, um, but, you know, this it's a big thing because there's been, a, for ages, there's been... Yeah, it, you know, it is an, debates it is, about rights. I feel like it's not as big of a thing for me because it's already been shown in the trailers for that movie that they're going to have other characters from other movies crossing well, over. So it feel, it's a big deal to Venom fans, and I'm a Venom fan, so I'm good at this. Uh, something I just found out, actually. I, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I am excited to see Venom in that movie because I like that. I like this depiction of Venom, and I think it'll be really fun yeah. to see wandering around the MCU making fun of things. We've talked a lot about the humor in these movies because they're the main draw, I guess. Tom Hardy's performance and the humor in these movies are the best things about mm-hmm. them. Oh, I also, I want to name check one running gag throughout the movie that we haven't mentioned and which I wonder if you actually didn't get because it's a comics reference. Venom throughout the movie keeps talking about how he wants to be a lethal protector and people keep saying like, oh, that's a lame thing to call yourself. That's a very 80s thing to call yourself. That was the name of like the first... Venom solo comic, I think, huh. where he was like an anti-hero rather than just a Spider-Man villain. No, I, you're right. I didn't pick up on yeah, that. Yeah, so that's like the comic that created this modern version of Venom that we're now watching a movie of. Um, yeah, that's 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 cool. Yeah, reference. Um, sorry, we were we've talked a lot about the humor and stuff. One thing I just found out, uh, having gone on my mm. my usual Google search of every movie I watch just after I watch it I didn't know that it was the same director for the first Venom film that it was the same guy who directed Zombieland oh I didn't know that either actually yeah which makes sense I guess because it's like dark humor or whatever hmm yeah um and it looks like one of the reasons he didn't come to do this is because he's doing some other film uh Funnily enough, it's a Tom Holland film, but uh, hmm. yeah. But for this movie, we got Andy Serkis, which, who, honestly, might have done a better job. The first Venom. I think this. I think I will say this movie is probably better than the first one. It's yeah. maybe. Hmm. So the first one also kind of has two plots, and a little, a little. It's a little less dramatic of a split, but it's got the stuff that's just Venom and Eddie messing around. And then it's got the actual plot of the movie, which is uh, the whole, there's a guy who's got some aliens, and he's like a tech guy, and then one of the aliens merges with him, um, which is boring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Riz Ahmed was good. He was pretty good in that movie, and it, I think it launched his career. It I seems mean, to have launched his I don't, career. I don't want to, when I say it was boring, like it was fine-ish. But it was, it was <laughs> one of the main drags of that first film. Yeah, it was. As well as, I feel like the first film was really long. But, I couldn't say. But I'm also remembering that it had 20 minutes of credits. Wow, really? Which was a major shock. Uh, I feel bad for anyone watching it who watched it in cinemas because imagine sitting through 10 minutes of credits, getting your mid-credit scene, and then possibly waiting for a second one <laughs> through another 10 minutes. Uh, the credits. Like I, I, this I, movie... I mentioned that like that made me worried about this movie, but I want to repeat how worried it made me about this movie. I legitimately considered not watching this movie because that mid credit scene just looked so lame. And then when I heard that, no, yeah, we're really doing that, that's the plot of this next movie, it was like, oh, man, I really don't want to watch a whole movie of of that. 
And apparently I do, actually, but... It's, yeah, it was, it was a good film. <laughs> um, okay, no, it wasn't a long movie. I just... It just felt long, because it, it, a lot of it isn't that good, actually. Yeah. The, the good things about the Venom movies are Tom Hardy. Yeah, as we said before, he really carries the movie. Tom Hardy is movie. really good. Um, yeah, no, it's not even two hours long, that first film. And 20 minutes of that is credits. <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to go back to um, online representation discourse type stuff again um, in a slightly different direction, which is, so, look, I talked about how Venom is beating on Eddie, and then, like, Eddie fights back and kicks him out. Just sort of... Eddie just sort of crawls back to him and apologizes because he needs his superpowers. And then they're totally reconciled. Um, but, like, this is never actually addressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not addressed at all. Like, there's there's no point at which Venom, like, reforms or, you know... I mean, <laughs> it's just kind of... It's just kind of a, like I mean. I guess it's just the agreement that they gotta be nicer to each other. I guess, but like both because they both, work together. Both literally and metaphorically, uh, this is a movie where like, and this is kind of a. This, I mean, again, this is funny. It, it's funny that the way they get back together is him just unreservedly apologizing uh, while Venom's in the body of his ex-girlfriend, um, and I think I think we're maybe meant to get the vibe that he's like kind of actually apologizing to her a bit. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a funny scene, but and like you again. Also, you kind of get the vibe that she's enjoying like making him apologize a bit. Um, but like, also, like, so is this just gonna be? Is is this just gonna continue? Like, is Venom gonna continue breaking his stuff whenever he gets mad and or physically beating him? And then just healing the injuries because he has the power to do that, like. I mean, if he if that is going to continue happening, then I guess that's a good conflict for movie three. But. It's just kind of dissonant. You know what I mean? Messed up. No, like, t- like Cause the is... ending feels like a happy ending, but. At no point. Did the thing that would make it not a happy ending get resolved? You know what well, I mean? <laughs> I mean, that would be a very abusive relationship if it continued that way. Right? <laughs> Which would be messed up. Um, so, like, is Venom... But I assume that's going to be resolved a little bit, but not that much because it re- provides a lot of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, because Tom Hardy does such an incredible job with it. Um, like, really, Tom Hardy was great in this movie. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't want to get into the whole... I don't, I don't want to be like, okay, this movie is like providing a bad example for women who are being, or men for that matter, who are being abused and like it's following the stereotypical, oh, he'll just change if I'm nice enough and grovel enough. And then he does, the end. Um, but that is also true. <laughs> Venom is like, the bad look, guy. I don't, I don't think anyone is going... I mean, Venom's not entirely the bad guy. He, well, I was gonna, he has some legitimate complaints. I was going to say he's the bad guy in that relationship. I mean, he is, but he does have legitimate complaints as well. Um, in his, the sense that his main complaint was that you don't let me eat people. Well, yeah, but he he kind of needs to eat people, like, biologically, it seems like. He tried to eat some random mugger, okay? And I know... 
Amager is a bad person, but he's not a person who deserves to be eaten. That's true. That's true. He, he he tried to eat a random cop, actually. He tried to eat the detective guy. Exactly. He literally was uh, like... He would have eaten the priest if, <laughs> if Tom Hardy, if Eddie hadn't stopped him. Um, yeah, I mean, Venom, like, okay, uh, I'll admit, if, if the more literally you take the movie, like, if you actually start thinking about it, then at a certain point you have to go, oh, yeah, wait, okay, so Venom is, like, a sociopath who kills people, and despite what I said about it being, like, a biological necessity, it also kind of seems like it's not, because it seems like he can survive on chicken and... Like he, he, has, can, he can survive on animal brains and chocolate. He has attachments to chickens, though, for some reason. And, uh, yeah, he likes the chickens. But, like, it's not actually clear if he really does need to kill people or if it's just, like, slightly more tasty. Um, I feel like it's just slightly more tasty. Yeah, so, like, okay, yeah, it, it is, you're, you're absolutely right. that Like, Venom, Venom is a bad person because he's an alien that eats people. <laughs> um, but... I just, I don't know, like, <laughs> it's just strange to have a movie end on a happy ending without resolving the main conflict of the movie. Because of the type of movie it is, I didn't really care. Yeah. That's, that's my only input into that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't think anyone is going to be taking relationship advice from this movie. Um... I don't know why and, you would, because there's no... And no... I, I liked that it, like, you know, as, as I said, it it plays things a lot less subtextually. It has him come out and say, you're being abusive. Like, <laughs> he literally says that to Venom, um, which is true. And, you know... Needs to stop yeah. a little bit. I mean, Ven I, I'm like, I, I didn't even touch on the fact that Venom is smashing his stuff. Venom, like, destroys everything he owns, basically. We mentioned the part where... He yeah, we did. We mentioned the part <laughs> where he threw his TV out a window, almost yeah. killing a guy, actually. We did, yeah, and he... Uh, he almost kills a guy who's standing he outside. He destroys his motorcycle as well, but, like, even before that, he's smashing stuff. And, like, it's He smashes <laughs> Eddie's... I want to say Eddie's... Yeah, Eddie's table... He smashes Eddie's table with Eddie. Yeah. He smashes Eddie into a table. Uh, good thing his host is like a guy like Tom Hardy and not like a much smaller person or, you know, someone. Well, he can heal him from any injury. That's the thing. Like, Even still, though, I mean, some people might have just died. There's literally a gag where he goes like, he punches him in the face, breaks his nose, goes, oh, I'm sorry, let me heal that. So I can break it again and punches him again. Um, well, I say punches. It's like... It's more like his he, face or something. He, he's manifested a version of his head, and then he, uh, which is what Eddie has to punch. Um, it's it's quite funny. It is funny. Um, so we should wrap this up because we're a couple minutes off being the exact same length as the movie, <laughs> um, which we did try to avoid. Um, but here we are. Yeah. So, final thoughts. Um. Yeah. I guess at this point. We may as well go with uh, favorites and least favorites. Yeah, I think I think I think we've said pretty much everything I, I had to to say about the movie. So, adult, what is your favorite part of Venom? Let there be carnage. Um, hmm. I should probably have prepared an answer for this in advance, um, because it's a tough one. I, hmm. I actually really liked 
the ending. Um, not so much the bit at the beach, although I did, I didn't, I did like that. But like, the final battle in general, I actually like quite a lot. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of creative stuff going on. There's a as I said, it, it falls a little bit into the whole. Oh, there's two superheroes punching each other, but they're both superheroes, so they're not hurting each other in any noticeable way. Um, which is a problem that a lot of superhero things have, but it kind of also doesn't fall into that too much because it's really it really plays up the whole idea that like Carnage is so much more powerful and can kill him. Like Venom repeatedly says, like this guy is probably going to kill me if we fight, um, and Carnage is so visibly more powerful that it, it kind of does manage to sell that, even yeah, though definitely. even though it's not entirely clear how one symbiote can kill another except by eating them apparently <laughs> yeah um and i mean maybe that's what he was gonna do you know it's not it's not really clear <laughs> um but yeah like he's he's doing all this crazy stuff he's able to like shoot spears of his own stuff he's able like like he's able to make holes in himself so that the uh, Venom's punches just go his goals manifested whereas Venom can like maybe manifest one or two occasionally and they're quite small um, it, it really does sell this power difference um, and there's so much fun use of the, the scenery and the different powers and weaknesses and the CGI I mean the CGI is fine it's, it's honestly the CGI in this movie is nothing special like it's but it works because they're symbiotes, I guess. Yeah, well, the only thing that's CGI is, yeah, alien goo monsters and... and I guess some uh, destruction. Yeah, General like... destruction will be CGI. Yeah, some, like, rubble, uh, presumably, and uh, I guess also the, like, sonic blasts that Shriek shoots. Which are arguably the worst piece of CGI in the whole movie. I mean... Because sonic blasts will never, ever look good in movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just sort of circles, so... <laughs> it's it's probably hard to make them look bad or good. Um so like the CGI and the I I will say I did find the Carnage CGI looked particularly not great. I mentioned that he looks very fleshy and he really feels like the most generic. He's made out of like the most generic CGI meat flesh stuff. Um Goopy stuff it feels it feels like every horror movie that needed to have some alien flesh or like you know just like flesh stuff not even horror movies just any movie that was like oh this guy has like a tentacle that's made of flesh or like you know this room is made out of flesh it's the, it's this very generic looking stuff um whereas venom carries over from the first movie i think the like he's got a pretty solid design um and they've they've got a they've they've done they've done a pretty good job of creating that sort of like semi transparent goo feel to to his various stuff. I quite like Carnage's design. Um, um, well, it might have helped that I was getting that whole he seems to be partially made out of blood type stuff. Yeah, I got that whole vibe, and I I said that earlier, so I liked it. Um, fine. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff where like his tentacles are like forming. DNA strand shapes for some reason and like they generally seem floaty and like they're not really real which they're not obviously but like there's a lot and Venom does this a bit as well where like a tentacle will come out of Tom Hardy 
and his weight doesn't adjust at all, you know? Like he I gotta say... He doesn't move as if there's a t- giant tentacle coming the out The weirdest him. thing about the tentacles <laughs> that came out of Tom Hardy is when you're seeing them, they all... When you're seeing them from, like, in front, like, when you're looking at him and the tentacle's coming out of his back, mm-hmm. the positioning of the tentacle looks like it must be coming out of the middle of his back, whereas when we cut to him, it's obviously coming out from behind his shirt. Which always looks weird because it's like it's like it should be coming out of like the middle of his back, and that's where well, it I looks think so, like it is. I think sometimes they do act; they do show that they're actually sort of soaking through the clothes somehow. Yeah, I don't know. It's it looks strange. I don't know. That that's one problem I had. It was just that one scene. I think. Uh, yeah. In the well, restaurant. No, there's weird. there's a scene. The very first scene where we see Venom in this movie uh, really stood out to me as kind of bad, both in terms of the the CGI. It's like it's not, it's it's not terrible, but it's it's it is very floaty. It's like this a head the size of Tom Hardy's own head is extending like many meters on the end of a tentacle, and Tom Hardy does not react to this except to be like, oh no, don't don't do that, Venom. Like it it feels like Venom isn't there to the point where I actually wasn't sure Venom was there because nobody else reacts to him, and in fact, a little later they're talking as if Venom is hiding because he's not supp- he's supposed to be in hiding <laughs> but like like I don't think anyone saw him but it's very public you know I don't they, they, there's, there's, there's a there's a there's a lot there's a lot you mean the scene in the bathroom yeah I mean the scene in, I mean the scene in the right before the scene in the bathroom where they're in the hallway in the the prison and venom tries to bite the police officer's head off and Tom Hardy like sort of hauls on the tentacle and then dashes into the bathroom and somehow he does this in the instant before the police officer turns around. It's, yeah. It's kind of a weird scene. Um, I'm well, going to call that my least favorite, actually. Okay. Well, I'm glad it only took you seven minutes <laughs> to explain that. Okay, and uh, Young, what was your least favorite? My least favorite was Naomi Harris's weird performance in this whole movie. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. It was it was weird. It reminded me of uh, Cara Delevingne's weird performances the witch in Suicide Squad mm, yeah and I mean the bad one from a couple years ago not the really really good Suicide Squad movie that came out this year yeah which was like honestly way better than I expected it to be it was really good yeah the trailers made it look like it was going to be goofy and I'm really sorry that it bombed but I, I guess these, I, I, I guess that. it bombed like it did not make its budget back oh that's terrible It like it bombed horribly but it was liked so much that they're still going to continue on with it. Like, uh, they're making a show of Peacemaker. Mm, yeah, I know that. Which is, I'm glad of that because it really was, like, the best DC movie so far, honestly. Apart from. Yeah, I think that's. No, no, it, it was. That's probably was accurate. Straight up the best. Maybe, DC movie. maybe Wonder Woman. Oh, they're very different movies. Um, yeah, Wonder Woman. But even Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman. We're, we're totally off topic here, but Wonder Woman kind of falls apart in the ending um, when it's like it turns when it does it does much like this movie a big final CGI battle but except this movie has been so consistently CGI the whole way through yeah I mean it's and obviously it's, there's a lot more CGI in the final battle that's where a lot of the budget clearly went but um, it feel it feels natural it feels like this is obviously where this is going to go whereas uh, in Wonder Woman without spoiling what happens in the ending it did feel sort of out of left field and not totally consistent with the whole moral of the rest of the movie um and like the themes um 
So, yeah, whereas Suicide Squad, again, has a big CGI final battle. But, again, it makes sense. as This is obviously what the whole movie's been leading up to. Yeah. Um, the Suicide Squad is... Yes, the Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad. Obviously, that's a bad are, movie. Obviously, those are totally different movies, and that's not confusing at all. Suicide Squad was a bad movie. Yeah, I'll say this that for Wonder did Woman, though. super well. I'll say this for Wonder Woman, at least it has a title. That is yeah. not a pre-existing movie. And at least its sequel has... A different title. 1984 or something. Yeah, Suicide Squad was... 2016 was a bad movie, like a really bad movie that did incredibly well. Commercially. Yeah. <laughs> the Suicide Squad is a 2021 film that was... I'm not going to say incredible, but it was like one of the best movies I guess we can just call them year. the Bad Suicide Squad and the Good Suicide Squad. The Bad Suicide Squad had incredible trailers, I'll say that for it. Yeah, um, like, it's because it's it's got good scenes, but it's not a good movie. Yeah. Um, whereas this Suicide Squad had kind of goofy trailers, but was really, really, really good, really funny, and... Much better. Yeah, it was better than this movie. Better but than was a total flop. It was better than Venom 2. Uh, I mean, Venom, which, which is not any real knock on Venom 2, which is it's a pretty decent movie. Um, it's not like a great movie, though. It's got a lot of flaws. Yeah. Um, so, that was my least favorite, was Naomi Harris' performance. My favorite was either Tom Hardy's kind of comedic chemistry with himself. I feel like that's cheating because it's most of the movie. Yeah, I, I also feel like that, so I'm going to think of something um, else. Um, I can't say the comedy of the movie, because that's it's a comedy movie. <laughs> it's even more... <laughs> I'm going to say, um, actually, Andy Circus direction. Hmm. Because he hasn't done that much directing, I don't think. He's done maybe one or two other movies. And I feel like this was his first, like, more mainstream, if you know okay. what I mean. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he did a better job of making it a good movie rather than the first movie, which was only good because of Tom Hardy. That's I feel true. like whereas this this is like an all around pretty good movie. Um, now in fairness, in fairness though, I'm not sure if Venom one's problems really stem from its direction yeah I, i'm not sure it was just maybe maybe it was the writing it had kind of one, a bland but... it had a bland script it had great cast and probably pretty good direction i think but uh just yeah. well although having said that um it did suffer a lot from having a less distinctive design for its villain yeah he was just a more kind of he was like exactly the same as venom but a slightly lighter shade of gray and uh, he yeah. could also he could he he also had like a thing where he would manifest like weapons, but he wasn't doing that a lot of the time. So I feel bad for Venom. It's like he can't do anything. <laughs> and then all his villains are like him, but better. <laughs> yeah, well, but that, in fairness, that they really they play that up. That's that's his thing that he's a loser on his own world, so he's come to our world to be better, to be yeah. a god among mortals. Um, I mean, he wouldn't frame it like that. Although he would if he heard someone else say it, he would be like, hell yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a movie that was all around pretty good. What would you give it out of ten? I would say maybe seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna give it six and a half for being like decent, but had enough problems that 
it's not great. Mm. Um, it's certainly not amazing, but definitely go see it, which doesn't make sense to say at the end of this incredibly spoiler review. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I'd, I'd recommend seeing it if you like the first one. Mm, yeah. To all those people who are listening to this who haven't seen it. To be honest, even if you haven't seen the first one, watch it anyway. You know, it, it doesn't really spoil that much of the first movie. Yeah. Apart from, I guess, technically the... Like, the thing it spoils is that Venom survives the first movie. Which is not exactly a spoiler. Yeah, not if you know this movie exists. <laughs> like, it's a little bit more of a spoiler than would be for most movies, because, uh, I mean, we're, we've are we been freely spoiling a lot more of the first movie <laughs> than, this, than this movie. Yeah, spoiler alert, uh, the ending of, of the first movie has Venom appear, briefly appear to die, and then... Not be dead. Yeah. And I mean that that's a plot that's a plot point throughout this movie. So in yeah. that in that sense it, it spoils that. So um, that wraps it up. Yep. Uh, Thanks for listening to a review of a movie uh, where the review is actually longer. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so our next movie review will probably be um, us, I think. Yeah, it'll probably be us, and then after that, we'll get back to wrapping up the Matrix. Yeah, um, the Matrix trilogy that is. Yeah. Um, now that's not going to be our next episode. Uh, so uh, we've been covering the first Mistborn book, Final Empire. So check we're, that we're, out. We're going to keep doing that. Um, check that out if you're interested. Um, yeah, but uh, at some point soon. We're going to be... I'm not going to come out and say that we're alternating between these two things, but... but we probably are. Um, I think that's most likely, at least for our next couple episodes, it's most likely you're going to get a Mistborn episode next and then uh, another movie episode, something like that. Yeah. So, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to like, comment, and subscribe on whatever method of listening to this... You can contact us at... Uh, there's a few different places, really. Um... But the main ones are email. Our email is podcastyoungadult at gmail.com. Uh, or you can always reach out to us on Twitter, uh, at podyoungadult. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it, really. Good night. Or, or good morning. Whatever. Have a good day or night or whatever part of your life you're experiencing. Have a good one. The beginning or the end. Hmm. Or the middle. <laughs> or kind of like a third of the If way you're in. literally dying, actually, maybe maybe stop listening to our podcast because I, I feel like you have better things to do with your time than, than this. I, I, I like this podcast. I like producing it. But I feel like we're not, probably not, we shouldn't be like the, your last experience. I, but I would feel bad. If you are going to stop listening, drop us that five-star review on everything first. If you, if you are dying... Um, you Thank know, you. And, and, and you've chosen to, to uh, this to be your, your, one of your final experiences. Uh, as unusual as that choice would be, actually, I, I deeply respect it. And I hope that you, cl who clearly love this show so much, will choose to spend as much time as possible just giving us five-star reviews on every single platform and spreading the word about this podcast to all of your friends and neighbors. 
and doctors. Uh, <laughs> um, and nurses, don't forget the nurses. Yes, indeed. Nurses are uh, in many ways as important as doctors. Um, except salary-wise. <laughs> 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 like, in terms of authority, uh, I, the doctors probably are more important in terms of their, like their hierarchy within, within the hospital, but they, to us, they're as important. We, we value all the nurses that listen to us just as much as the doctors that listen to us. And if you happen to like be even higher up than doctor in a hospital, I don't know what that person would be called. I, I feel like the administrators probably are above, above yeah. the doctors in, the, in that way. You as a dying patient. If you're like the director of a hospital. If you as a dying patient know the director of a hospital, tell them about it too. And then they can announce it over the PA system. Yeah, tell, tell, them, tell them to just make a, everyone in the hospital listen to it, just mandatorily. It's therapeutic. Um, Truly. This may be unethical, but I think the benefits to us will be worth it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. Good night.